Church, I'm so happy to be with you, and I have to say, you are my family, really. Over the last seven months, um, I was so blessed with you guys. <laughs> and the backstory is, uh, is awesome. I realized, actually, it's nearly today, I mean, we are now April, and in 2017, like five years ago from now, um, I got to know Yaku and Riette and a team that was um, on a mission in Berlin and they were basically reaching out to me on campus and now I'm, uh, I'm standing here and it's really an honor and a privilege. So the, the time when they met me, it was a special time in my life because God was really working in that season in my life. It was a special, special time. And when I met them, this was in April, right? And only one month later in May, 2017, God really revealed himself to me and I got to know him and it was um, such an, a, a privilege. And I, since then, I'm so in love with Christ and try to pursue him, try to follow him with all my heart. And it was a specific uh, evening, actually, in May where he revealed himself to me. It was actually the 5th of May, I remember quite well. <laughs> I was just carrying with, carrying with some friends. And in that evening, God showed me a lot of brokenness, actually, in my life, but also in, in the world. Um, he, he showed me things that were really, actually not really pleasing Him, and a lot of brokenness. So one, one specific thing was, uh, we were just, you know, at that evening, we were making just how we were talking with one another. Uh, we were making fun of each other and just for fun used swear words and we were lying to one another. But it, that was just kind of normal, you know? That was the routine, how we did it there. But the Holy Spirit was kind of clear to me and said, this is not how I intended to be, hey? This is not how I created relationship, how I want relationships to be. And this is only a small example, but when we look around us, you know, we don't have to seek long, right, to see how broken relationships are, how much brokenness there is, how we treat one another, all the lies and the conflicts, the broken relationships, broken marriages. There's a tremendous brokenness in relationships in this world, right? But luckily in that evening, Jesus also revealed himself to me and him as the answer to me. So he, he showed me that in him, there is forgiveness, there's healing, there's transformation. And that's why I came to Christ, because he revealed the answer himself to me. And so that is what the Bible tells us. The Bible tells another story, friends. It tells us that the followers of Christ will be known for their love of one another, eh? The follower of Christ will make a huge difference regarding relationships. Christ's love enables us even to love enemies. That's what the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us even he, he heals us ver, um, vertically, right? Our relationship to him and forgiveness restored with him, but also horizontal, our inter, interpersonal relationships. He wants to restore. And that's what the Bible tells us. There's forgiveness, there's healing, there's reconciliation, there's love. I mean, that gives me hope. I want to pray for that, that God will uh, get, um, put this hope in our hearts tonight, okay? Lord, I just want to thank you for this series where we're in, the art of rest. And I thank you, yeah, that you lead us through that and that you have a heart to restore relationships. Lord, help us to escape our busyness. Help us to really make an impact and a difference in this world, that we're not like the world, but that we really see that the world sees, no, followers of you will make a difference, will restore relationships. Lord, we need you, and we want to pray for your words tonight in our hearts. Help us to enter your rest. Amen. 
So we're in that awesome series called Out of Rest. Um, we're reading actually through that book called Out of Rest. Please buy you uh, one. We actually bought the last ones that we found online. There are no uh, books online anymore in whole South Africa. So now is your chance. Get your book after the service. There are only a few left. And we went through that book the, over the last weeks. But I think it's actually clear that we not speak about um, a holiday rest or just to learn how to do the rest. Eh? That's, not, that's not the goal of that series. This, the goal of that series, Out of Rest, is to learn how our soul can rest in, rest in Christ. We, we're seeking a deeper level of rest, right? But we also said that we have, we have even to work, even diligently, diligently, you know what I mean? Pursue, <laughs> pursue this rest. And it's not always easy to enter that rest. So actually, when we're honest, this state of rest restores relationship is not the normal case. The normal case is actually the opposite. The, the normal case is that brokenness. Is, it's not automatic that you, when you came to Christ, everything is awesome, all your relationships are restored. No, that's not the normal case, eh? So the normal case is the opposite. What's the opposite of rest restores relationship? Busyness destroys relationship, I would say. Eh? Busyness destroys relationship, and that's the normal case. So that's why I start there, actually. Um, I want to speak a little bit of our, about our, our problem, problem of busyness. There's a beautiful quote in the book, or beautiful. <laughs> it's saying, our busyness pushes others away from us and us away from God. Friends, and first of all, obviously, I hope that's clear, to live healthy relationships, it's obviously you need time to have a couple evening. You need time to pray with your family. You need time and, uh, yeah, that you're not, oh, I'm too stressed now to really listen for half an hour to that problem of a friend, right? So, I mean, that's obvious, hopefully, that you need time and space for a healthy relationship. But I want to speak about a deeper level of busyness tonight. If we're honest, then we realize that our busyness is often a protective mechanism. What do I mean by that, protective mechanism? It's we're actually pursuing busyness because we can escape the silence. We hate silence, eh? <laughs> we actually fear the silence and quietness. And that's why we pursue busyness. Because what happens when, when our busyness stops? What, what, what happens? And, and we really, we are in a spa space where it's silent and quiet. There's something inside of us that comes up. <laughs> There's, it's something like a, a small inner voice that reminds of us stuff that it's inside of us that we actually don't want to hear, eh? That, that, can be, that voice can be different. Maybe there's thoughts of low self-esteem or you are reminded of that argue with a work colleague or thoughts that you don't really feel love, that there's actually, that you pursue acceptance or your disappointments come up. You're, you're reminded of that one situation with your broken family or your broken relationship, thoughts of anxiety. And this is kind of this voice, this inner voice that comes up and reminds you of that thing, of that darkness inside of you. But we, we don't want to hear that, eh? So that's why we pursue busyness, just to shut down that voice. Do you know that inner voice? I know it quite well. Small example, I was... Uh, a few months ago, I was just having a restach evening 
all the busyness <laughs> stopped. It's fa my favorite word. Um, all the busyness stopped and it was silent. I was like, oh, okay, what to do? Ach, maybe I can call a friend. Um, just FaceTime, you know. Only see my face. Not answering. Okay, not, not picking up. Ach, let's call another friend. Not picking up. <laughs> okay, I call that other friend. Just I want to speak to someone, you know? Calling that friend. Not picking up. Thank you. I was starting to get angry. Now, seriously, I was like, why are you not picking up? I just wanted to speak to someone, you know? I just want to have like a talk. And then I realized, okay, I started asking God, why, why is it so important for you right now? I didn't have anything specific to share or so. And then I realized I, did, I just wanted to have some, some love, some acceptance. You know, I just wanted, didn't want that quietness. I wanted someone just to speak with me, just to, to, make, to, to feel that love lack inside of me. Hey? And, I, and I realized, and I was like, sure, it seems that it's not enough for me just to be or that God is enough for me. And that it's, so I just try to be busy. <laughs> it's only a small example, but... A, a small example for that quest to quiet that inner voice, hey? We try, to be, we're trained to fill every second. I mean, how, how quick are we with that movement, eh? Like, we instantly know uh, where, where the WhatsApp, uh, WhatsApp app is, <laughs> right? It's like, tick, tick, why am I on WhatsApp? <laughs> it happens so quick, eh? Because we just, um, okay, nothing is there. Oh, okay, quick to WhatsApp. <laughs> So the book gives us um, four bad coping strategies. Let's quickly look at them. Maybe you find yourself in one of them. The first one is bad work. You, you try to drown your issues in a sea of to-dos, also a form of busyness, right, to shut down that inner voice. Um, you, you, you shut down that inner voice just to, if, because you show uh, how much you can achieve and what you accomplished. The second is shallow relationships. That's what I just shared. Like trying to satisfy actually a deep longing inside of you just with a quick, with a quick message, with a quick photo on Instagram, a few comments, just a quick chat with a friend. I just, you know, I'm looking forward to receive that message again. We, we, you know, that, that shallow relationships. Emptying yourself. That's more like from the Eastern tradition, like a meditation, just that you try to ignore. Do you learn how, how to, to, to um, think, okay, it's not there. I'll try to meditate and it's not there. <laughs> or misusing rest. Expensive vacations, lack of good food, lazy mornings, just one episode of your favorite series. You know, you, you try to buy... Um, to, to buy, like an, a consumer, um, to buy something just to feel you better, and that's, that's uh, misuse, rest. And which of these strategies do you find yourself? I find myself in a few of them. <laughs> but if you do not rest in Christ, your rest is just another form of your busyness. The busyness to hide the inner darkness, to shut down that inner voice. Because what connects all of these strategies? They help us to avoid, to deal with that, what's really inside of us. That's what, that, that, uh, what these um, connect all of them. They help us to be busy, to not to deal what's really inside of us. And we hope that we, if we don't see or if we don't have to deal with them, we can maybe bypass these issues. They're not there, you know? Like, 
children playing hide and seek. Like, I'm not there. I don't see it, it's not there. But it is, it is. We may drown out the voice for a while, but that doesn't make the course disappear. So there is a beautiful bi biblical picture for it. It's the picture of uh, a leaven or a sourdough. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? That's the problem. This small issue where you think, ah, it's not that important, ah, it's only that small, I don't have to deal with it, I've tried to avoid it with my busyness. But that little thing, that small thing has the potential to leaven your whole dough, like everything. Like this small thing has the potential to, to lead to unhealthy relationships, to an unhealthy way of living. It will influence how you love others, how you treat others, because it will grow, it will grow, it will influence everything. In the end, it will leaven the whole dough. But we like to hide it, still. We don't want to deal with it. And that's why I got a lacquer verse for us. <laughs> it's not that lacquer, but we'll see. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanness. Sure, sure. These are, words are not that lacquer. Okay? And we often think, oh, these bad Pharisees, eh? Sure, luckily it's not us. Really? Really? I think our busyness is like these whitewashed tombs. You know, our, our achievement at work, see? A little bit of white, white paint, see, it's, it doesn't look that bad. This Netflix series, oh, I already feel a little bit better. And, and church, also our church stuff and our spiritual disciplines, they're a part of that. You know, just turning a worship song on to feel better, a little bit of white color. Pitching up in church, hey, I'm here, everything is fine. A little bit of white color. Even to make ourselves busy with making disciples or sticking to your reading plan and, you know, you're doing all of that, but that's actually a little bit of white color. We keep on painting our tombs with that white color. See, it doesn't look so bad, eh? But we're actually avoiding to deal with what's really inside of us, with the real stuff, with that inner darkness inside of us. So that's why I'm saying refusing to rest is to refuse to deal with our inner darkness. And that's why we try to be that busy. So the title of the sermon is Rest Restores Relationship, and I'm speaking here to you about our inner darkness. <laughs> why? <laughs> because I'm convinced that the state of our heart determines the quality of our relationships. What flows out of you that will decide how much you love and how restored your relationships are really, um, where will it be? So I'm, but I'm not here for, to make us feel bad and to, to see, oh, he's actually right, there's a lot of stuff inside of me and I don't want to deal with it. Um, because I, we're in church, so whenever we're in church, I hope there is hope, right? <laughs> so I want to try to give us some hope and the hope we will always find in Christ. And there's a quote in the book, saying the world never stops, but we need to, and as Christians, we can. As Christians, we can. 
In Christ, we can face our inner darkness. In Christ, we can face the ugliness and the, the, the inner darkness inside of us. He wants to heal ourselves from our anxiety, from that brokenness, from all what, what inside of you. He wants to heal you. He wants to transform us. He wants to give us real rest for our souls. There's this beautiful verse in Matthew 11. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. But friends, Jesus is not like this withered, you know, like coming to me and bling, disappeared. <laughs> this issue, bling, disappeared. And this anxiety, bling, disappeared. That's sadly not how it works. We have to be honest. We have to struggle. We have to wrestle with what's inside of us. He's saying, come to me, honest, honestly, with what's inside of you. Bring it to him. And for real, yeah, it's, it's, it's humbling because when you're honest with what's inside of you, sure, that actually even will give ourselves like a broken heart and it makes us not feel like, and we're like, Lord, but you all this stuff and what I experienced there and this anxiety, Lord, I actually don't want to deal with that, but help me, help me, Lord. That, that angriness inside of me, this, why, why we're so irritated? Where does it come from, Lord? Help me. This fear inside of me, this anxiety, where does it come from, Lord? Help me, please. Why is it so important for me to get the intention or the love, the acceptance from the people? Why am I constantly on my phone? Lord, please help me. That's humbling. That brings us on our knees, but this will... Um, get us into that spot where we're dependent on the Lord and where he can heal us. We need to be at that space, actually. And God loves, actually, when we're at that space because then we realize, okay, we cannot, we're actually not able to deal with all of that. We need him to deal with that. But he is good, he's faithful. Let's read that verse. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. He is, he, he's near. And we have to stand on these promises. You have to align your thoughts with God's, God's thoughts, with his words. Because only then you're able to deal with, it, with that inner darkness. If you're just, just trying to deal with that, you know, okay, I face this now, I'll, I'll get this. Uh -uh. Without Christ, uh -uh. you won't be able to overcome that darkness inside of you. You need his words, you need his truth, you need Jesus to overcome that. But this is his promise, to shine his light on your darkness, to transform that darkness. He's promising you, trust me, the darkness will not overcome you. you with me, you're able to face that giant. Amen? I want to heal. I want to restore. I will comfort you. In Christ, you will find real rest for your soul. But he's saying, come to me. Come to me. So I was looking for a story in the Bible of a broken relationship, and I was finding one. <laughs> I was finding the story of Jacob and Esau. You know that story? Uh, you should read it in whole when you're back home. It's an interesting story. You know, that's the story where Jacob is actually lying to his brother and also to his father just to get this blessing of the firstborn. And so he's deceiving his brother, and Esau, he's not happy about that. <laughs> we read that in Genesis 27. There it says, Esau, he hated his brother and wanted to kill him. 
that's a good start for a lacquer relationship, eh? <laughs> so I think we have a good example here. That's a good start. You know, then there's this whole story of Jacob fleeing to Laban and there being like 15 to 20 years. Um, but then he's about to return and he's about to see his brother again. And he's like, sure, God, he hates me. He wants to kill me. I'm about to see him again. And then he's making a big plan how he wants to do that. And he's hiding his family. And then we read that, how, 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 what happens then. It's like the night before he meets his brother again, okay? This is where we're at. And then we read, he, he, he hides his family. And then it said, and Jacob was left alone. Alone. Quietness. Silence. Inner voice coming up. <laughs> Darkness. Fear. You know, that what we spoke about. He was in that spot. He was right at that spot. But finally he was there because then finally he was able to meet Jesus. He was allowing that silence, that rest, that God can meet him. In that story, God met him. But different than we think. It was not that God came and took all his anxiety away. Bling, the wizard again, you know. No, what we read, what we read, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. So God meets him, but he's not instantly taking everything away. No, he's wrestling with Jacob. He's fighting with him. You know, because that he's in that spot where all this stuff comes up and he's facing this inner darkness. And that's not easy. No, he has to fight with God. He has to, to fight with him. God, why is that? And, and this anxiety and my brother and ah, all of that. And we have to do the same. We have to fight. We have to wrestle with these issues. We have to say, God, show me the way out of it. What, what does that mean? Help me. And we need patience. He fought the whole night till the breaking of the day. And then he realized that he was fighting with God. And then we read, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. Friends, on the one side, yes, it's just the fact that he saw God and he was wrestling with him. He's like, oh, I saw God, but I'm still alive. Happy, lucky me. <laughs> but on the other side, that means also, not he only saw God face to face, also God saw him face to face. God saw everything that's in Jacob. And that's when we meet him, when we're in that inner rest, or when we're in that silence, wrestling with God, God sees everything inside of you. You cannot hide this darkness from him. He sees everything. He sees your broken relationship. He sees your sins. He sees your anxiety. He sees all of that. But yet he doesn't turn away. He wants to deliver you. Still, he sees everything of that, but still wants to give you life. And that's the beauty of the gospel because Jesus declared that and showed at the cross with his blood, you are, you're, you are worth it for me. I gave everything. Trust me. I'm not running away when I see all of that stuff inside of you. No, I want to deliver you. I want to heal you. And that's so important because that's why I'm saying we cannot just deal with that inner darkness just on us and deal with that. No, but we have a God who sees all of that and yet doesn't run away. No, wants to help us, wants to heal us, wants to restore us. And then the story finishes beautifully because 
then we see how, how um, Jacob runs, uh, sees Esau, and he's actually bowing himself before his brother, showing him, oh, I'm so sorry what happened. And, but he comes out of that situation where he wrestled with God. And after that flowed out that restored relationship. And we read, yo, they were running to each other, hugging each other. They were weeping, and they were kissing, and they were just rejoicing. And that is a beautiful re restored relationship. And tonight, I just want to plead that we have to do it like Jacob did. We need times of quietness. We need times where we are alone. We need times where this busyness stops and we allow this inner darkness to come up to deal with it, to really meet Jesus and then to wrestle with him, to fight with him, saying, God, help me, this issue, I cannot deal with it, help me, please. Wrestle with God how Jacob wrestled with him. And then hopefully we will see many restored relationships as we see in that story. I want to finish to share a little bit of my own story because actually going through that series of out of rest, I can really relate to that because I actually failed miserable at that. <laughs> I wasn't good at that. I was not an, an artist <laughs> in, uh, regarding rest. So I said to you that I came to Christ in 2017, and then till 2022, I was busy. I was on fire for God. I was doing a lot of ministry. I was working. I was busy with my studies, studying theology, and doing all of that, and it was great. I, I, I experienced a lot of great stuff in that year, and it was, it was awesome. And I was not actively hiding something, but there was just not enough space. I was too busy, really, to, 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 to deal with what's inside of me. So I was still eager with my quiet times, and I did my devotions. I read my Bible. I had my times with him, but I still was too busy. I wasn't really having in that rest where I was sitting with him and my soul rested in him. So what happened, I got really exhausted. 2022 was really, really hard for me. I had, since 2019 already, I had for one year I had a headache. Like constantly I, had, I, I struggled and I was so exhausted. I nearly burned out. I nearly burned out and my body had, my body, it was like paralyzed. And one day, I wasn't able to do anymore. My body said, uh, I can't anymore. And that wasn't the lacquer spot that I was in. And was it good for my relationships? <laughs> no, not really. Was it attractive? Were people saying, oh, how he follows Christ? Well, I want that. <laughs> no, that was, that was not, not a good space to be in. And God had to radically stop me. He had to radically stop me that I, that I finally deal with that what's inside of me, that I finally face the fear inside of me and where, where the stuff comes from and with my wrong motives. So he, he, yeah, I nearly burned out and then only I started to, okay, work that through. But I want to plead tonight as well, let, let's not wait till it's that late. Because coming back to that leaven and the, the whole lump is leavened, sometimes we wait till the whole dump is leavened and only then we deal with that stuff. Let's not wait because, you know, you, you, you wait till the problem is so obvious. You, you, you wait till this relationship issue is so severe that it's actually too late. 
the only solution is actually the divorce. And, or you, you're, you're not dealing with that um, depression in you and you just wait and it will get worse and worse and worse. Let's not wait till the whole lump is, is leavened. Please learn to take that little leaven that's in your doubt to take it out. Wait not too long. Because it wasn't lacquer that I had it to learn it the hard way. Remove the leaven earlier. So from that space on, two years ago now, God teached me slowly that's out of rest and um, to help me that how I can implement this, this out of rest into my daily life. And he teached me a Sabbath because back there where, where it wasn't lacquer, I, I didn't really couldn't really say when I had my last Sabbath. So he teach me, and I call that daily Sabbath, to implement some, something that is part of your daily life and not only your, your vacation and the Sabbath on a, on a weekend. No, that's what he tried to teach me since then, that I constantly live in that rest in him. And how that works for me, it's not a how to, how to, it's just how it works for me, is I have a specific time every day and it's even in my calendar. Um, and that's not my quiet time. That's not my devotion, not my Bible studies. Um, that's a different thing. That's, I do that in the evening. And I pray a few psalms just to prepare my spirit. And then I'll just speak with God. I reflect the day. I align my thoughts with God's thoughts. And it's just, he, he kind of orders everything. And in these times, I struggle with him. In these times, I bring this stuff to him. In these times, I'm, I'm reflecting and saying, okay, God, what was that situation this day? Hey, can I, can I repent there? Can I give this to you? And he's, he's also speaking to me in that time. So he, he shows me, hey, maybe you should talk to that person again. Maybe you should, um, maybe you should talk with that, talk that through. And this is like I love that, this daily Sabbath. This is like a, you're really looking forward. Every day I'm looking forward to have that time. And this time is precious to me. And I mean, you know how busy our calendar is, so we have to <laughs> really diligently work that we have space like that. But this thing that saved me since then, since then he, he started to restore me, started to heal me so that my soul really rests in him. And I just want to glorify him and honor him. I mean, that year here in South Africa was obviously part of that journey where he uh, brought me through. But I just want to testify God is faithful. He's good. He restores. And I want to honor him for that. Church, all I wanted to say is make it your goal that your soul rests in Christ. Our soul needs to rest in Christ in order to bring healing, to bring restoration into relationships. And I'm looking forward next week, uh, Marielle will preach and we will speak practically, okay, how can we implement that? And please, just don't let this sermon series just pass by. Wrestle with it. Say, Lord, help me to implement that. So look forward to next week. So I want to finish with a, with a moment of silence because we don't like silence. <laughs> so we will just be quiet and maybe we can even turn the light off and just reflect what God was speaking to you um, and what comes up inside of you. And just to summarize, acknowledge and face your inner darkness, seek the silence, wrestle with God, Enter his rest 
and we will see restored relationships. Let's be silent. Lord Jesus, thank you for your rest. Lord, have mercy with us. Lord, see how difficult it is for us to enter your rest. Lord, see this busyness, see our busy thoughts, all this stuff, Lord. Lord, may you help us to seek the silence, to seek you. Lord, may you help us to face what's inside of us. Please, Lord, restore us. Please, Lord, heal us. Please, Lord, help us that we humble ourselves before you. Let us, let us not just keep on doing how we normally do. No, please help us that we live different. Show us how we lift restored relationships. Show us how our soul can rest in you. Lord, have mercy on us. Lord, see, you see what's inside of us. I want to pray, Lord, that you, you see all who are sitting here. I want to pray for those who struggle with things that are really... Um, yeah, they're very obvious things. And I want to pray, Lord, that you will comfort and you will show a way out of that. 
Lord, you see broken relationships. We want to pray for restoration. Lord, you see our restless souls. May you come and heal us. Lord, you see our anxiety, our low self-esteem, our lack of love. May you fill it. May you help us to stop, to humble before you. Thank you for your light. Thank you for your hope. Help us, Lord. Amen. So, friends, seek that silence not only Sunday nights. Seek that more often. Um, I want us just to stay in this moment for a bit, and we'll um, we'll, we'll give Richard an applause now. now. Um, so, I think this this whole theme is so crucial just to to our lives, and and I think the things that Richard spoke about tonight we can so easily overlook it, um, and we're just busy and we're busy painting the grave white and we're busy painting the grave white. Um, and then the things that, that God calls us to are not wrong things. But the moment we look towards the things to try and validate our relationship with God, it's just painting things white. So you're even caught up in doing a lot of the right things. Um, but uh, when we were thinking through the message during the week as well, and just thinking about the contrast that what, when Richard shared that sometimes our lives as Christians are not all that attractive, that when people who do not know Jesus look at your life, it's not necessarily a life that they'd want to have. Um, and then the only big difference between you and someone who doesn't know Jesus is that you're not going to hell. Um, and that's great. That's a really good thing. But Jesus died for so much more than that. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and to destroy and to keep us busy. But Jesus came to give life and life in abundance. And often, there's not a lot of difference between the lives of Christians and the lives of those who do not know Jesus. That it, it might just be the space where you are saved and you're not going to hell. But you still rely on all the same coping mechanisms. You, when you are stressed you also run to Netflix. When um, you are overwhelmed by work, you also take the same substances, whether it's alcohol, whether it's cigarettes, whether it's something else, whether it's drugs. We run to the same substances. Maybe it's not something as severe, and you can actually buy it at Discam over the counter, um, and people in your life don't even know that for the past year, two or three, you've been needing sleeping pills just to fall asleep at night. Maybe you get at home after work and like, man, this has been a really rough day. I just need a glass of wine or a beer or something just to ease my senses. Or um, we fall into a space where, like, I know I need to spend time with God, but I'm just so tired. I just need to rest and then I'll spend time with God as if we can find rest outside of God. And the whole theme of dealing with the inner darkness um, is, is so needed. 
And, and I love the way that Richard positioned it, that when we become silent, you are forced to deal with your inner darkness. But then in that space, when we start to wrestle with God, He doesn't reject you, and He doesn't turn away Himself, but He delivers you. And then He restores relationship, first between you and God, and then between you and people. That's the heart of God. I want you to close your eyes for one last time. <laughs> Friends, if you are here tonight and you do not know Jesus personally as your Lord and Savior, then rest is beyond you. It is not possible for you to walk in the rest that Jesus promised outside of being in Christ, outside of being born again. And I want to give you an opportunity tonight, if you're unsure whether you are a follower of Christ, whether you are born again, then I want to tell you then tonight is that night when Jesus calls you and He says, come to me. Come to me. Come with all of the things that you have in your life. Come with your past. Come with your present. Come with your thoughts. Come with your anxieties. Come with your fears. But come to me. I am the only way to eternal life. And if that's you tonight, I want you just to raise your hand. I'm going to lead you in a very simple prayer, and the rest of the church, we're going to pray together. So as a church, we're going to pray this together. So pray after me, Lord Jesus, tonight I choose to come to you. You are the only way to life. You are the only way to rest. And I choose you. Would you take my life, every part of it, even the things I tried to hide, all of my life, I bring to you. I give it over to you. Would you do with it as you see fit, I choose to come to you, to follow you, to receive your forgiveness right now. Thank you that you are my deliverer, you are my savior, you are my Lord, and I belong to you. Amen. I want you to keep your eyes closed. I think there's a large part of us here tonight as well that even though you are born again, you don't see your life necessarily looking much different to that in the world. And there are certain things that the Holy Spirit has spoken to you about tonight where you are running to other things to look for rest or to deal with your inner darkness or to suppress things in your soul. And the Holy Spirit has spoken to you about specific things just in that time of being quiet, where he highlighted some things into your life. So if, if that's you, if the Holy Spirit did speak to you about something specific, just raise your hand. I want to see that I'm not just speaking to, me, to myself, to myself. Anyone else? Just keep it up. That there are specific things that the Holy Spirit has spoken to you about that you are relying on um, and you're not coming to him. 
specific things that you look to for rest, for comfort, for healing, for identity, for love. Won't you just where you are pray and say, Lord Jesus, I want to give this to you. Name it on its name. Give it to Jesus right now. Just declare that this thing has zero ability to save you. It has zero ability to comfort you, to love you. Just declare your dependency on Jesus. Ask Him for mercy. Because friends, we need a lot of it. Ask Him for mercy. And ask Him to deliver you. Lord Jesus, thank you that we can proclaim over our lives that you are faithful. That you are faithful, God. You are a covenantial God. You cannot be unfaithful to your people. It's outside of your ability to be unfaithful to your own character, your nature, and your word. And we thank you, Lord, that we get to come to a God who does not change. You are the mighty deliverer. You are the great healer. You are the sovereign Lord over all creation. Lord, would you come and teach us the rhythms of, of daily rest? As Richard shared, Lord, just things that you have revealed to him, come and reveal to us. Come and speak to us. Come and lead us. Your word says, Lord, that those who are led by the Spirit of God are called sons of God. We want to be sons of God who are led by the Spirit of God because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is victory. And we proclaim that, Lord, as our own. It belongs to us. This rest that the Bible speaks of, it says that there is a rest that belongs to the people of God. We declare tonight that rightfully it belongs to us because we belong to you. Amen. Amen.